fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening, and thank you again for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your one and only Colorado Avalanche, and we are clawing and digging like our hands through the sand on a beach to the weekend where we can finally play a freaking hockey game. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but man, um, it, it it is just really testing my patience. I, I, I thought I could get through it and with, with the you know guidance of this podcast, just being able to talk about the team and just whatever's going on, I think it's made it worse. It just makes me want to, to watch a, a meaningful hockey game. And I know I can because uh, teams are playing, but clearly we're Avalanche fans and we want them to be out on the ice ASAP. But we've reached Wednesday. We're almost there. The week is almost complete. And we can rest easy knowing that it is literally right around the corner. And then you got the Super Bowl this weekend too. So it's a, it's going to be a busy weekend for us Avalanche fans <coughs> for sporting events in general. So we're almost there. Just keep focus. And we're going to cover some, uh, some Avalanche stories today. And first, like we always do, we're going to throw out the social media where you can follow the show on Twitter at LOPN underscore Avalanche. Over on Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche and send your questions, comments, concerns, opinions, whatever you want to say to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. So we are going to start tonight. Um, it seems like I, I threw this up on, on Twitter and it seems like a lot of people are have commented on it and uh, have their own opinion on it. But um, The Athletic has thrown up their predictions for who they think Seattle, fill in the blank, they haven't announced their team name yet, <coughs> um, is going to pick. Oh, my cat wants to join me today. Sorry, kitty. Um, who who they think Seattle is going to pick in the expansion draft. And uh, if, if you haven't seen, seen me post it on Twitter, we'll get to who they think they're going to pick here in a second. Um, but it seems to be the everybody's whipping boy right now, if that gives you any inclination on who it might be. But to kind of just give a refresher on the rules of the expansion draft, <coughs> first of all, Vegas is exempt from it. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. I haven't given it too much thought, but right off, just as soon as I heard that, and I was like, well, why? I mean, the team that they got obviously is a pretty good team. I think these rules were in play a while ago, so I don't think anybody was really expecting Vegas to be as good as they were this early on in their franchise, so they kind of exempt them from it. But, I mean, you can't do anything about it now. But for all other teams, you're, uh, you are relegated to pick eight total players... And the way that it can break down, well, eight and then goalies. So here's how it breaks down. Current NHL teams can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or eight skaters between forward and defenseman and one goalie under several conditions. And it has to be, you know, they have to be 
under contract for that season. They can't obviously pick a guy that immediately is going to be a free agent. If they have players with no, uh, if if so, say the Avalanche have a player with like with, with a no movement clause, which I'm pretty sure Eric Johnson does, um, and he declines to waive that clause, they have no choice but they they have to protect him. So um, I don't know how many players. I, I'm almost positive Eric Johnson is one of those guys that has it. I don't know who else does. Um, and there's other stipulations with how many games the guys have played in the previous season, meaning this season. It goes into, you know, not in excruciating detail, but um, it's not that confusing. Just the main point you have to remember is they can protect seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie, or a combination of eight skaters and one goalie. So this uh, article from the, the Athletic has gone ahead and picked for, let's see, so they're going to get to Colorado. <clears throat> and they have gone the route of uh, a combination of, of eight total skaters. And the people that they have froze for Colorado, Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, Gabe Landeskog, Nazem Kadri, on defense, Eric Johnson, Kale McCarr, Sam Girard and Nikita Zadorov, and they have them keeping Philip Grubauer as their goalie, which means potentially available is Ryan Graves, which is, we'll talk about that in a second, Tyson Jost, Andre Burkowski, JT Comfer, Jonas Donskoy, Ian Cole, and Vladislav Kamenev. They also, and they're saying rookie with rookies too, so Timmons and Byram are off limits. So with that set up, the Athletic has picked Tyson Jost as the player who uh, Seattle will take. And Seattle has to take a player from every team. They can't load up on one team and take like all those players that are listed that are potentially available for Colorado. They can't just take them all. <coughs> um, they have to take one from each team. So they haven't, they haven't taken, taken Tyson Jost. Um is that feasible? Absolutely it is. It brings into question a lot of different things. Um, and and this is where being a GM is a tricky, tricky thing. Because what do you do? Is Tyson Jost on the block? You have to imagine that he is. If something happened where Colorado wasn't getting a trade that they felt worked for them, I think they have no problem t- keeping Tyson Jost putting him in for this expansion draft, and if he goes away by by that route, I think they're okay with that because in the end, all you would be doing is basically giving him up one way or another. If you're giving him up for a rental, say everybody wants to throw out the Chris Kreider trade, um, you're giving him up for a rental, and you might also be giving up a draft pick, most likely a draft pick in a trade for Chris Kreider. And then if you lose him, you lose Jost. And a draft pick. And that draft pick may very well be a number one pick. I'm pretty sure that's what the Rangers are requesting for Kreider. Will they ease up on that because Tyson Jost is a top 10 pick? That remains to be seen. But I think that's Colorado's bargaining play is he's a high-end draft pick. You know, we're not going to give you a, a first-round pick with him as well. 
we'll see how that plays out. So if they do pull that trade and they do give up, even if it's a second round pick, you're you're losing Jost and a pick, whatever it might be. If you keep him and Seattle ends up taking him, you just lose him. And obviously you keep the pick. So there's some weighing the options that the Avalanche higher ups have to do to decide what how they want to handle that. That's that's assuming that they're going to take Tyson Jost. And there's a lot of good people to pick from from this team. We ha- we have said over and over again how the Avalanche are set up for the foreseeable future, and that's because they just have a lot of pieces to the puzzle. And I think you know uh, Seattle it has their pick of of several very good players that they want to start their franchise with. Look what Vegas did. Vegas's first pick was Calvin Picard. Hasn't really worked out for him or them. I don't think he played very long with them. I don't even know where he is right now. Um, but I think Colorado was hoping that uh, they would not take him in Picard. And with the very first pick, that's who they took. So anything is possible. Um, you know, Ryan Graves is going to be very interesting. He is absolutely overperforming this season. Do they think he can continue that and they would want to freeze him? And if they do, in place of who? You know, Johnson has that. Yes, Eric Johnson does have that no move clause. So if he waves that, you have to lock him in. Clearly, McCarr's not going anywhere. Clearly, Gerard's not going anywhere. I think it's up in the air between Zadorov and Graves. Or do you not keep either of them, not freeze Zadorov or Graves, do the three defender uh, freeze, and then you can hold on to one more forward? And who would that be? Would it be Burkowski? Would it be Comfer? Would it be Donskoy? I'd probably lean towards Burkowski if they did that. But I, I think I think doing the the four and four and one, meaning four forwards, four defensemen, and the and the goalie is the way that they're going to go. And it will be between Zadorov and Graves. And I think Graves is giving them uh, a tough decision to make when this time comes. So. We'll see. They 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 they're going with Tyson Jost, um, and we're going to talk about some of the other players that they have up in a brief minute here, because uh, there's another guy on this list that I think Colorado Avalanche fans might have some interest in. Okay, so like I said, there's a uh, one other name on here that I'll get to in a second. Um, that I said, you know, Avalanche fans might have interest that Seattle would take just for the fact that he's a, a former Av. But um, I think two names that we also need to focus on for players that could go to Seattle is JT Confer. And, uh, you know, obviously if they are freezing Grubauer, that leaves open uh, Francois. And Francois can go anywhere he wants being an unrestricted free agent after this season. So they don't have them picking him because 
you know, his contract is up in the air. Um, I don't know when this draft is, the date of it. I'm trying to find it quickly. I don't see the date. I don't think it can be something where, uh, or maybe it can be. What if Colorado signs him and then, you know, right after the season's over, I think then he is available from from what I would gather that he would be available for a selection. Um, they don't have, like the Athletic does not have uh, Francois being picked up by Seattle, and I think they probably did that because of the contract situation. Um, I can't assume where an unrestricted free agent is going to go. So for that reason, he's not on there, and maybe they just didn't think he was going to pick him anyway. Um they, they do have four goalies that they've selected, and he's not one of them. A forward that they did have Seattle taking is Alex Kerfoot from Toronto. That is who they say Seattle will take from the Toronto Maple Leafs in Alex Kerfoot. Um, and we're all familiar with him, and maybe some of us really don't like him recently after that one play that he had when they uh, were up against each other and uh, drove... Uh, Oh, it's escaping me now. Who he drove someone into the uh, into the boards? I think it was Johnson, wasn't it? Eric Johnson? Yeah, yeah, it was Eric Johnson. So, um, yeah, just kind of interesting to see Toronto trading for him in that Nazem Kadri trade, um, and then with the possibility of him being gone a year later in the expansion draft. Anything is possible in this thing. Uh, I find it fascinating to see how, what teams are going to do. When it comes to that, you know, uh, freezing four and four and one or five, three and one in terms of forwards, defenders and goalies. So I, I love this stuff. I love it because I don't have to do it because if I had to do it, I'd be losing sleep, which I'm sure GMs are doing right now. They're, they're probably putting all these different pieces of the puzzle together, thinking, who are we okay to get to, to lose and be all right? And if they, what if the abs do trade Tyson Jost for that rental? Because they're pushing for big things this year. So you don't want to not give up Jost if you can get somebody that's going to come in and have an immediate impact to win a Stanley Cup. And then, you know, now you have to put up somebody else for this expansion draft. So much going on that we will obviously get to. And, I mean, we're talking about it now in January because there's not much going on in the Colorado world, seeing as they're on the bye week. But this is all stuff. If I'm thinking about it now, you can almost guarantee GMs across the league are thinking about it, especially Joe Sackick and on what to do. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be interesting. And... Um, Maybe we can be done with expansion drafts for a little while after this. And it'll also be interesting to see how well Seattle does because they have a lot to live up to. If Vegas did what they did in season one, you know, as far back as I can remember, whenever expansion teams come out, you are expecting them to be scraping the bottom of the barrel, not with players, just with record. And Vegas pretty much turned that on its head. And now because they did that, you can't go backwards in the rules for what the expansion draft looks like. You can't say, oh, well, uh, you know, Vegas did so well 
So maybe it was unfair. I'm not saying it was or it wasn't, but if that's the argument that they're going to have, you can't now say, well, a few years later, we're having another expansion draft and now we're going to change the rules. And because we don't want that team to be as good, that doesn't really sound that, that good. (laughs) You're basically telling Seattle, uh, we're going to change the rules. So you're not as good as Vegas was. That's pretty much unfair. So you you created these rules. You didn't think Vegas was going to be as good as they were. Um, and they kind of flipped the whole expansion thing on its head for the future. And maybe probably not, you know, outside of hockey, too. I don't know. We haven't really, in you know, in, in any of the, the major sports, seen any expansion. Um, we've seen teams move cities, you know, in the NFL. I don't. I don't think they're really talking about having an expansion team in the NFL. They're talking again about moving teams around, maybe moving a team to England and London. Um, basketball, I haven't heard anything about expansion. Baseball, I haven't heard anything about expansion. So I think Seattle is going to be the last one for a very, very long time. If we get anything else in hockey, it's just going to be cities moving, and you don't hear about that at all right now. I mean, maybe in certain markets, but not to the extent that it's going to happen. So this is it. So I think, you know, Seattle is is pretty much chomping at the bit to get going because Vegas had the blueprint of, of how to build a successful team from an expansion draft. And the NHL pretty much has to go forward with the rules that they created. And... Uh, I was upset when when uh, Vegas took Calvin Picard. I, I kind of I liked him. He was a young goalie. He showed some flashes, and I was I was really hoping that they were not going to take him. And I remember I was running late. I don't remember where I was, and I wanted to get home to watch it. And I was running late, and not by much to get home. I think it was like a half hour or so late. And I'm like, oh, they they you know probably just a couple picks in. There's no way they took him yet, if at all. And I get home and scrolling on the bottom, very first pick, Calvin Picard. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So if I if I, if I had my money on anything, and I guess I have to put a, like a caveat in here, is if, if they don't, if they stand pat with their current roster, we'll say that. If they stand pat with their current roster, I I if I was Seattle... Man, I, the three guys from this list, the three guys I would go between are Burkowski, Comfer, and Jost. And I might even go JT Comfer because I just feel like he's performing better. Um, with Jost, you're taking a flyer on him starting to play better. And I don't know if you want to do that if you're starting off a franchise with, with a guy who has the potential but just hasn't. Uh, produced, I feel like Comfer obviously has potential and has produced better than Tyson Jost. Um, and he's performed admirably. I, I like the way Tyson or uh, JT Comfer plays. So I would I would go between Comfer and Burkowski. Uh, but you don't know where Seattle's head is at. You don't know how they want to build this team. You don't know if they want to develop the talent. And if they do want to do that, then Jost makes sense. Um, and, and in the end, I really would hate to see him go. Um, I, I feel like he 
he seems like a, a, a great kid with clearly he has potential. Um, and I wouldn't be sad to see any player go. You get attached to the, this, this team the way they are. They're obviously a close-knit team. Um, but one of them's not going to be here after this draft. And that's the sad part of it. But that is, like we said the other day, that's that's the nature of the business. And that's the nature of the beast. So we still got time. And, you know, we're going to focus on the rest of the season. And like I said, the only reason talking about this is because it's the bye week. So why not talk about it? Um, but knowing that one of these guys won't be here next year kind of makes you appreciate uh, what they're going to do this year, whoever that may be. We'll see. Okay, so before we call it a day on this Wednesday, um, I figured before we get back into action, uh, I would kind of bring up three guys who I kind of feel (laughs) need to maybe pick it up a little bit. I shouldn't say pick it up a little bit, as in they're not not doing that. But um, maybe I'll say I think they're going to turn it on a little bit more in the second half of the season. and people probably have their own picks, and that's not to say these these three guys have not performed well and are not performing well. I'm not putting Tyson Jost in here because I think we've uh, beaten that horse enough. Uh, you know, like I said yesterday, and even leading up to the All Star game, I can I hope he continues and builds off those last two games before the All Star game. But these three guys are guys that have kind of been up and down most of the season. And I think if the, the Avs are going to to not only remain where they are, which I fully expect them to do, but I think if these three guys kick it up to the level that they have shown at early times in this, this season and in seasons past, uh, I think they can absolutely hang with St. Louis and possibly even overtake them by the end of the season. Um, so the first guy that I'm going to bring up is, is Valerian Nechuskin. Um, we're all fans of his and we're, I think everybody is rooting for him and to see him kind of break out after the, the, those series of games where he didn't score, uh, and what was it like 70 some games before he did finally score a goal, um, had assists here and there prior to that. And once he got that goal, he was he was off and running. And he's fun to watch. He's a huge dude, just towers over everybody. He's strong. He's got a really good power move. <coughs> um, and then once he hit the skids, it seemed like he's like struggling to find that uh, flow again. And kind of just going through the months here for him in October... Uh, he totaled one assist in October is when he finally got the goal at the, at the, uh, or excuse me, October, I already said October. He had one assist in November is when he finally got that goal. Um, and which probably seemed to lift the weight off of him. Um, and at the end of November, he finished two goals, two assists. December, he played very well, but towards the end of December, is when he started to kind of tail back off again. His December totals, five goals, four assists. Most of that was front-loaded in the month. And then again in uh, January, while it is you know a truncated month, just one goal and one assist. So uh, 
I think he just might be in a little rut in terms of scoring. He's still playing very well. I, I, I enjoy watching the guy play. Um, I think he just needs to get back on track with in, in the point department. Um, he's getting plenty of time on ice uh, for pretty much like a third liner, I'd say. Um, and I think he can. I think he can get back into the flow. And uh, if he can do that, uh, he's just another weapon that this team has on the bottom six lines where he might be – he's a tough matchup. He already is a tough matchup. And for the season, 17 points. And, you know, if you can get to a 30-point season, I think we'd be happy with that. Second player is another guy that they brought in off the offseason, and that's Burkowski. And I don't want – again, these are not guys that are having bad seasons. I don't want people to misconstrue this. He has 15 goals 18 assists on the season for 33 points. Very good. Um, but what has he done lately? Not a heck of a lot. His assists are fine. Um, he was given that second goal against um, St. Louis that we thought had gone to Tyson Jost. But that, you know, it, it went to Burkowski because it went off his skate. Okay. Those were his only two goals in the month of January. Um, in the month of December... He struggled a little bit. Only two goals and one assist compared to a stellar November where he had seven goals and five assists. So again, he he started off hot. We and he took advantage of Rantanen and Landeskog being out and being bumped up to that first line. He completely took advantage of that, and the numbers show it. And then when those two guys came back, the numbers show the complete opposite. So he just like Nachuskin can be such a dominant force and he's he's usually on the second line uh sometimes he drops down to the third but uh he's expected to produce more than he has been and a lot of these numbers for him are front loaded in the the beginning of the season so if he can get back on track uh combined with Nachuskin, again that's matchup nightmares that colorado should be able to create with these guys that they've just been off lately. But, again, the team was off as a whole. So it's not just these guys. And uh, I fully expect them to have been well-rested and come back strong. And I especially expect this last guy, who we all love, and he's our captain, Gabe Landeskog, uh, to, to really – and I, I don't know – I don't think he's, you know, there's any uh, ill effects from this injury that he's had. Um, he's having a down season, 13 goals, 8 assists for 21 points on the season. That's not Gabe Landeskog-like. And, um, you know, going month by month through him, his October totals, pretty good. Three goals and four assists. Uh, didn't play at all in November and December. Came back pretty strong. Seven goals and two assists. You'd like to see a little bit more assists there. And a shortened January, three goals and two assists. Um, and again, this is not to say he's not playing well. He missed a bunch of time. So obviously his numbers are not going to be um, as high as they they normally would um, had, he, had he not missed any time. But I think I'm putting him in here because I think now that he – is fully back in action. Uh, he's got a solid month and a half under his belt. I think he's using this time to rest and relax just like everybody else is. And I really think 
Gabe Landeskog is going to turn in uh, a huge second half of the season. Uh, I don't think he's happy the way he's playing. Let me see what he's had in January here. Like I said, three goals, two assists. Um, he went three games in a row without scoring and five games total out of the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, out of the nine games they played in January, five games he didn't he didn't register a point. And when you're on that top line, you're expected to do more than that. So um, he's, again, yeah, he's played well. He's always going to be that force in front of the net. Um, and I think he's, re- I think he's, he's ready to go. I think he's amped to have a really big second half. Um, and I think Nathan McKinnon really needs it, needs him to. Rantanen's playing well. Um, and I think the three of them, meaning the top line and Gabe Landeskog being that no pun intended third wheel. Um, if he can get back on track like they did last year and be that dominant force and then Burakovsky and Nachuskin can can kind of get recentered. Watch out, because uh, the the Avs are are waiting to get back on the ice and really take this second half uh, by the throat and kind of just go go go. So uh, we'll see. We we're we're almost there. It is uh, like I said. This this shows on out on Wednesday. So two more days. We can make it. We're almost there. And I will be on, just a reminder, I will be on the Locked on Flyer show uh, on Friday. And we will have our Fandom Friday show on this show as well. So that's going to be it for today, guys. Tell me what you think. What players do you feel like need to maybe improve a little bit? Or maybe not even improve, just you think are going to have a monster second half like I think Landeskog is going to have. Uh, Tell me what your second half thoughts are. And if you have any um, uh, expansion draft picks that you think Seattle whoever's might take off of Colorado, let me know who you think it is and why. So that's going to be it for today, guys. See you guys tomorrow. And here's Joby. Go, Abs, go.